Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. My name is Ned Jabbar. This is going to be episode 154 of The Informed Catholic, episode 154 of The Informed Catholic. Once again, my name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic. So today we're going to do the readings for the 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Now, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share, and if there's any new listeners out there checking it out. Welcome. And uh, let's begin uh, with the opening prayer of the act of contrition in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever virgin, and all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God, may Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Christe eleison, Christe eleison, Christe eleison. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy, Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy, Lord have mercy. And now the uh, Gloria. Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace to people of goodwill. We praise you. We bless you. We adore you. We glorify you. We give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, heavenly King, O God, almighty Father. Lord Jesus Christ, only begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father. You take away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us. You take away the sins of the world. Receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father. Have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Okay, so now we are in the 23rd Sunday of Ordinary Time. Uh, I will get back with you on the... Um, the uh, second, I want to do the second review of Pope Francis' uh, catechesis on the letter to the Galatians. Okay. Um, working on that. It's just I have such little time now, especially with my work schedule. Okay. So let's begin with the first reading. Okay. The first reading is from Isaiah chapter 35. Verses 4 to 7. Okay. The ears of those who are deaf will be cleared, and the tongue of those who are mute will sing. A reading from the book of the prophet Isaiah. Thus says the Lord, Say to those whose hearts are frightened, Be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a, like a stag. Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will, be, will burst forth in the desert and the rivers in their steep. The burning sands will become pools and the thirsty ground springs of water. 
the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, one more time. Thus says the Lord, say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not. Here is your God. He comes with divine vindication, with divine recompense. He comes to save you. Then will the eyes of the blind be opened and the ears of the deaf be cleared. Then will the lame leap like a stag. Then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert and rivers in the steeps. The burning sands will become pools and the thirsty ground springs of water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay, now it's Psalm 146, verses 7 to 8, 9, and then 9 to 10. And the response is, praise the Lord, my soul. And I'm going to add in the Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. The God of Jacob keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry, the Lord sets captives free. The praise, praise the Lord, my soul, alleluia. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. <clears throat> the Lord loves the, the just. The Lord protects strangers. Praise the Lord, my soul, alleluia. The fatherless and the widow, the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. All right, I'll read it one more time. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. The God of Jacob keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. The fatherless and the widow, the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked, he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Alleluia. Praise the Lord, my soul. Alleluia. Okay, a reading from the letter of St. James, chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. Did not God choose the poor to be heirs of the kingdom? Brethren, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes, and say, sit here please, while you say to the poor one, stand here, or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with, the evil, with evil designs? Listen, my beloved brothers. Did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Okay, one more time. A reading from the letter of St. James. 
brethren, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in, and you pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes and say, sit here, please, while you say to the poor one, stand here or sit at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? Listen, my beloved brothers, did not God choose the one those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. A reading from the Holy gospel, according to St. Mark chapter seven, verse 31 to 37. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the sea of Galilee to the district of, De of the Decopolis, and people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's ear and spitting, touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephathatha, that is, Ephathatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee into the district of the Decapolis. And people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his fingers into the man's ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephathatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ears were opened and his speech impediment was removed. And he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished and they said, He has done all things well. And he makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, so the first reading which is isaiah chapter 35 uh which says thus says the lord those whose hearts are frightened be strong fear not here is your god he comes with vindication with divine recompense he comes to save you then will the eyes of the blind be opened the ears of the deaf be cleared then will the lame leap like a stag then the tongue of the mute will sing. Streams will burst forth in the desert, the rivers in the steep. The burning sands will become pools, and the thirsty ground springs of water. Notice, all these will happen when we are comforted by God and we overcome our fear. 
he tells, uh, he says it, say to those whose hearts are frightened, be strong, fear not, here is your God. Have faith. Have faith. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. And when you have faith and you overcome your fear, you'll be able to you'll be able to see again your 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 ability you you'll look past your fear uh you your ears will be cleared you'll be able to hear okay and then you'll be able to leap for joy you'll overcome your your fear of walking your fear of uh uh of walking in the truth now that's true when you think about it. We are afraid. I mean, this is more, uh, this is one of the things I have to say I do like about Jordan Peterson. Even though he's not a theologian and he admits he's not a theologian, but his approach is interesting from a, a psychiatrist, a therapist, and a philosopher. You know, and the thing is about I was just thinking earlier, you know, there are people back in those days when Jesus was curing them of their diseases. Some people came to Jesus and they wanted to be healed of their diseases, their infirmities, and they got healed. And once they got healed, they walked away. They got what they wanted. They didn't have to pay for it, but they didn't. They didn't question anymore about the miracle. They didn't question the man. They didn't bother to look deeper into the mystery. Others will come and, and they'll get their miracle, but they will, they will wonder about this. They will question it. You're going to get those who will question. And then you're going to get those you got those who believed in him, just like the people in Samaria and some people believed in him because of the words he spoke. And some people believed in him right away. They didn't the they didn't need miracles. The miracles were fine. They 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 looked at the signs and wonders. They're going to be the the, the ones. The second ones are going to look deep into the miracles, the signs and wonders. What do these miracles mean? What does this man mean? Others will will be convinced. Others that were convinced about Jesus simply by the way he spoke, and no one spoke like them like him before. So, those two, the ones who came, saw the miracle maybe receive the miracle, will question. Some will, will look deep into the meaning of the, of the miracles. Others will look deep in the meaning of the way he spoke. But the third one, the lesser denominator, are the ones who didn't bother to. So you get a lot of those people who, it's almost like, You know, like, like a person will get the food that they're going to eat. But like a, like a beast, like an animal. Don't bother to question. 
just as long as they got fed. Their intellect has been reduced to beast, to almost like a bestiality. They're also the kind of person that will laugh at cruel things, maybe you could say. People who would swing to the left or the right, uh, depending, you know, on what their needs are. You know, one day they'll they'll stick they'll, they'll stay with someone who's, you know, who's good. But if the person doesn't give them food, in other words, they they can easily trade sides. So a miracle, the meaning of a miracle means nothing to them. Uh, who gives them food doesn't matter to them. You know, it could be a, a, a horrible dictator or it could be a good person, but they'll trade sides wherever is beneficial to them. And that's, you know, you know, you know, those kind of people, they're very shallow. They don't care about good or bad. They don't care about right or wrong. They don't care about moral or immoral. They'll just, you know, wherever, wherever, wherever they can be satisfied, they'll be satisfied. So you can never really depend on people like that. Maybe they're not all like that. Maybe good. But the point is, who Jesus is doesn't matter. He performed miracles. He healed my diseases. That's all that matters. But, you know, but if the next day he's going to wind up crucified, well, too bad for him. Those kind of people you can't really depend on. And maybe sometimes we've seen them at mass. Usually, you know, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to be judgmental, but they'll take their Eucharist. They'll take, once they got the blessed sacrament, they're out the door. So, you know, they don't care. That's why I liked it when, uh, I think it was Scott Hahn and his wife referred to them as the Judas shuffle. <laughs> That's the kind of person they are. But we, we need to dig deeper. If we love Christ, we have to look deeper. We have to look deeper into the words, the meaning of the words. And this is what Isaiah here, you know, if we're thirsty and we're hungry for Christ, we have to look deeper. We know that the miracles were signs pointing to something, to something to him, meanings to them. The words of Jesus have meaning, you know, uh, it's, it's just, there's so much deeper we have to dig. And the more we dig into, into, into our relationship with God, the better it gets, the more holy it gets. Our lives get more fulfilled. You know, each day our eyes are opened even more more and more and more. And each day we keep searching more in our hearts of who Jesus is, ponder who he is. Uh, we pray the rosary, we read the scriptures, we, we, uh, we go to daily liturgy. We, 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 even if we can't make it to daily liturgy, we can just stay close to Christ by, by reading the scriptural passages for the day in mass or just reading the scriptures daily in our lives. And even as ways the church gives us, like praying the liturgy of the hours and in everything. I mean, it's been said, I think St. Francis de Sales said, um, find something that brings you close to God, brings you close to Jesus, that a devotional and do it well, do it well. And, you know, the church gives us a lot of choices. Of course, 
Prayer is something we need to work on. It helps us to overcome our fear. It also helps us with dealing with diff daily difficulties of life. You know, uh, getting through our job, getting through our daily uh, commute, getting through our daily uh, trials and tribulations that we go through in life. Prayer brings us closer to him, closer to his mother. The more closer we get to his mother, the more closer we get to Jesus. You know, and it's it's something we we should do. All right, let's move on to now with the psalm. Psalm 146, praise the Lord, my soul, alleluia. I added the alleluia. It could have been the alleluia alone response, but I usually think, why not? The God of Jacob keeps faith, keeps faith forever, secures justice for the oppressed, gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets captives free. Now, how do we know that this is not just physical, but it's spiritual? The, the last part, the Lord sets captives free. Those who are captive by fear, fear because of their sin. Um, and food is not just physical food. Physical food is important. God knows we need physical food, but the Lord sets captives free. This is where we got to be careful not to fall into social justice because a lot of the, our social justice Catholic uh, brothers and sisters who just want to focus on the physical, the material world will only focus on, on this in a social justice manner, such as oppression of government, racism, uh, economic oppression, but never spiritual. They neglect more important. Those things are important. They're by, by, by no means they are important, but all those things, all those things, they, they, these, those things, when you focus on food and, and, uh, uh, oppression and, you know, political oppression or, or social oppression, or economic oppression will, will not save the person will not save the person from sin. You change the person inside first. You might actually get better results outside. But if you focus on the outside, it's like Jesus says to the Pharisees, inside you're filled with dead men's bones, but outside you're all shiny and clean. So in other words, the sin is hidden. And that's the problem with social justice warriors. They tend to focus on the the physical, the material world, because they're lacking spiritually. And that's where the problem is. First, clean the inside. Then you may be able to get better results on the outside. You'll see it in the Psalms. Jesus said something similar to that. I'm paraphrasing right now, but it's true. Then we move on to the next verse in the Psalm 146. The Lord gives sight to the blind. The Lord raises up those who were bowed down. The Lord loves the just. The Lord protects strangers. The Lord gives sight to the blind. We have to have, we need spiritual sight. The physical, yes, is important, but we have to see with spiritual eyes. 
we must see the see things first spiritually it helps us also to see people what their needs are it also helps helps us deal with people who are also incapable of changing or repenting of their sins and improving their spiritual sight these things are important we have to we have to look at things spiritually the lord raises up those who are bowed down the lord loves the just bow down those who are pressed emotionally and psychologically not just by physical remember but also spiritual those who are who are uh, uh, bowed down by all their their bad choices in life their 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 sinful choices and then the lord raises up the just forgives our sins and then says again the lord protects strangers in other words you know we we never know you never know the person you meet along the way a kind word a kind gesture uh could change their lives. You could say the right thing at the right time to the stranger. And you never, you, you may never realize what great effect you could have to thousands of people in that person's life. A friend of mine told me this because he, he was told this by a, I think a Franciscan, Henry, I think told me this, that you just don't know. You don't know why God puts you in that spot. That's why, you know, other people will encounter Christ in us and we'll encounter Christ in other people. We just don't realize it. I mean, the same way we could be used to heal somebody by, by saying the right words, by maybe giving them some kind of uh, perfect advice that could change their lives. And in return, we see what, we, what, what Christ did for them through us. And then we can see what, we could see even more what Christ is doing for us within ourselves because we were charitable. We shared divine love. And that's and, and that's something important. We that's why we need to pray so we could always be, like Saint Francis says, an instrument of God's peace. Next verse the fatherless and the widow the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked he thwarts. The Lord will reign forever. You, you, your, your God, O Zion, through all, gener through all generations, the fatherless and the widow of the Lord sustains. But the way of the wicked he thwarts. The Lord shall reign forever. Your God, O Zion, through all generations. Hallelujah. So, the fatherless and the widow, the Lord sustains. Obviously, those who are in... Uh, who don't have a father figure. Uh, obviously, uh, we can look at it also those who may even, we can say the fatherless, those who don't have God as their father. And in a sense, the widow, because those who, in a sense, who don't know Christ, who don't have Christ in their life, you know, who are not part of the bride of Christ, the church, we can look at it that way, and who don't have Jesus. Um, but who Christ wants. Christ wants those who are fatherless. Christ wants the, the widow to look towards, towards him. 
God wants them to come into the new Israel. Okay, God wants the, uh, the, those who have not yet found, found God to come, into, to, to, come, to come into communion with him. And then those who wicked, those who don't, those who try to suppress the word of God. Okay. Those who try to suppress the word of God, who, whether inside the church, you know, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm looking, I'm reading the catechism lately. The first part of the catechism, which talks about the search for God, warns about, um, the scandal on the part of those within the church, the bad behavior. And, you know, we've seen a lot of it now with the bad clerics, the corrupt bishops that, you know, we got to be careful. We as Catholics don't cause scandal just to hurt other people's faith. Those who may be weaker in faith, we got to be careful with that. And that's, that's something we always got to be aware of because other people are watching they're watching all the time and a lot of a lot of catholics their faith was destroyed i mean you hear about mccarrick and everything and and all that going on it's just terrible and they they destroy, they destroy other people's faith because McCar you know mccarrick molested someone in the sacrament of confession mccarrick molested a young man in the sacristy where you know the priest you know, puts on his vestments and prepares for the mass. It's horrible. These people lost their faith. There's one case, I think someone got, got molested on Christmas Eve. Forever Christmas will be scarred and marred because of this man. The point is, we as Catholics got to be careful. Jesus has always warned us of bad bishops. Bad bishops who could cause horrible damage to the faith. Horrible damage, money. They want money. They want, they're using the church for their personal pleasures. We got to be careful. We can't let those people destroy our faith. It's hard. Only someone with, I, I, I it's, it's sad to say this, who really, really is able. And I mean, it's difficult. Even if it happened to someone like me, I would be so angry. If it happened to my loved one, if I had a child and it happened to my child, I would be so angry. The good news is they're going to be defeated. If you read the book of Revelation, Christ is going to get rid of these hypocrites. He mentions different category and many of them sounded like people within the church. You're going to get a lot of people, much of their behavior, especially I think when it comes to social justice warriors is psychological is psychological they focus on the church because the church represents something other than a secular government it is the other it's the government of christ on earth but also in heaven in the world but not of the world and therefore much of their their behavior, I think, is based psychologically, emotionally, and a scarred, uh, maybe a twisted understanding of the spiritual. You know, they, to change the church, it changes their conscience, clears, um, sorry, it clears their conscience. 
It clears their inability to respond spiritually. I've met people at my job who actually were in the priesthood or tried to become priests, but they left the faith because the church to them was not moving fast enough. One person said to me one time, I was going one way and the church wanted to go another way. And that was, I thought to myself, wow. Of course, I later found out that he's, he, he's in a homosexual relationship, but that's a different, you know, that, that's, that's obviously, you know, what I thought in the beginning when I first had a conversation with him, I wondered about that and I was right. But you see, to change the church, to change the faith, makes them feel better about themselves. It's psychological, it's emotional, it's spiritual. It's all, it always, it always follows that category. And I met more than one at my job that either dropped out of seminary or were in the priesthood, left the priesthood. And it always involves something sexual or sometimes political, but always it seems to follow sexual, always. I'm not saying I'm an expert. I'm not saying I'm completely right. But from my experience getting to know those people, it always, I, it always follows that. And their anger with the church. I mean, there's one person in my job who is a, um, I guess you can say transitioning, going from male to female. <laughs> he's a guy and he's in, he's in a physical female relation. So he wants the roles changed. But he, one time uh, it was something about the Catholic Church and it wasn't in a conversation with me, it was with someone else. And again, it had to do with his own sexuality, his own, his own uh, what he's going through. So you see, it always involves with something sexual. Okay, so now the letter to Saint, a letter of Saint James, chapter two, verse one to five. My brothers, show no partiality as you adhere to the faith in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ. For if a man with gold rings and fine clothes comes into your assembly, and a poor person in shabby clothes also comes in. And you pay attention to the one wearing fine clothes and say, sit here, please. While you say to the poor one, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinct distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil designs? Listen, my beloved brethren. Did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? Well, so now we have to ask ourselves, um, what, is, what is this supposed to mean? Now, yes, obviously, the obvious is stop showing favoritism. But we have to be very careful that we don't fall into a social justice trap. Okay, because communists would love this. Um, 
someone from Antifa would love this. But here's the thing. James, when he says in the last line, listen, my beloved brethren, did not God choose those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs of the kingdom that he promised to those who love him? When our Lord said in a sermon on the mountain, blessed are the poor in spirit, he did not just mean it just for those who are physically and financially poor who are in poverty. To Christ, the rich man and the poor man can be both poor in spirit. Okay? The rich man and the poor man can be both poor in spirit. Can be spiritually in poverty. Okay, because if we focus on the material, then we really haven't changed anything. Right? Because really, in a sense, all we're doing is reinforcing the material. Reinforcing the bigotry. People... People, people who focus on this, who just focus on the, the, the materialistic world, especially communists and socialists, they're always focusing on the materialistic world. They didn't change anything. Just look, at, look what happened to the Soviet Union. Did China change anything? Look how materialistic they are. Right? Look how materialistic they are. They didn't change anything. Did Cuba change anything? No, they didn't. Did the French Revolution change anything? It did not. Not once. Korea, North Korea didn't change a single thing, didn't improve anything, except more starvation and more, more suffering. None of them have changed anything. All they've done is reinforced it, put a temporary band-aid on it, and the corruption starts all over again. The financial corruption starts over again. It doesn't change a single thing. You change the inside of the person. God focuses on the inside of the person, the heart of the person. All right. Then you may get them to see clearly enough, like our Lord said, that you can move that you can remove the speck from your own eye or the beam from your own eye rather because that's where the problem lies it's changing the heart of a person like the old saying goes men must change before kingdoms must change you must change them on an individual level on a spiritual level Get them to get them to go into a greater consciousness because that's what believing in Christ is. You are spiritually and 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 also in a vision in a in a uh, in, you know your vision in, inwardly spiritually will get you to see things more clearly enough, like our Lord said, that you can remove the speck from your brother's eye. But when you when you use that philosophy, that very earthly philosophy, that very materialistic philosophy, all you're doing is reinforcing the same problem. You're not changing anything. You're not changing anything. 
Nothing has changed from the sexual revolution of the 1960s or, or any or any era till now. All, all we have is more problems, more broken hearts, more miseries. Nothing. Communism hasn't changed anything. None of the, none of the redistribution of wealth has changed anything or will ever change anything. The heart of the person must change. The, the spiritual part of the person must change. And this, this is what James is telling them. And this is what our Lord is speaking through St. James. The heart must change before the world changes. And human beings can't do it. Only Christ can do it. All right, let's move on to the gospel. The gospel of St. Mark. Okay. Again, Jesus left the district of Tyre and went by way of Sidon to the Sea of Galilee, into the district of the Decapolis, And the people brought to him a deaf man who had a speech impediment and begged him to lay his hand on him. He took him off by himself away from the crowd. He put his finger into the man's heart, ears and spitting touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said, said to him, Ephethatha, that is, be opened. And immediately the man's ear opened, his speech impediment was removed, and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were exceedingly astonished, and they said, He has done all things well. He makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. All right. So, what does this mean? There has to be more. There has to be an inner meaning to this to, to this miracle. Um, Jesus has healed many deaf people, but why, in this particular form, why did he have to remove him from the crowd? Why did he have to go far away from them? That's the question. Now, he goes. He goes back to Galilee. Technically, is in in is in, is in the district of Galilee, Tyre is in Galilee and Sidon is in Galilee and the district of Decapolis. The Decapolis technically means the 10 cities. It's 10 Greek cities that Herod the Great and, or, and his sons built. And in, it's a Greek word for the 10 United cities, the metropolis areas, very economical, um, you know, uh, Joseph, uh, you know, being a carpenter or a craftsman, and Jesus, in his early days before he his ministry began, they would have done pretty well, actually, because it's a, you know it's a lot of Gentiles. It's very Galilee is a very very cosmopolitan area. It's not. It wasn't. Um, it was looked down upon by the Jerusalem uh, uh, inhabitants because of the various different ethnic groups. You had Samaritans, you had Jews, you had Greeks, you had Romans, you had Arabs, you had people from Persia. It was constant and it was constant. And it was, it, you know, um, the Herods would have done pretty well collecting all the taxes from the region. 
And it was very important. It was very important to the Romans because, you know, it was very a very uh, productive place economically. Even for the fishermen, uh, it probably, they would have done pretty well, maybe too well in a sense that probably it affected the, uh, the, har the fish harvesting because, uh, you know, the constant demand for it. They would have pickled the fish. They would have smoked the fish. I think. I think they allowed. I think Judaism allows fish to be smoked, and so it was. Uh, it was constant demand. So, you know, probably when they met Simon Peter, uh, you know, the fishing industry was slowing down a little because maybe they were they weren't giving the fish time to grow. You know, in in the waters. I mean, if you leave them in the waters long enough, maybe for some time, you could probably. Um, uh, what do you call it, uh, allowed them to uh, to grow to a nice size, basically. And so probably a lot of fish was being brought from the northern part of Galilee, from the Mediterranean. But anyway, going to the, to the story, they, they brought, the people brought him a deaf man who had a speech impediment. He's deaf and he's got a speech impediment. Well, it makes sense because he probably never heard anyone say the words correctly, but, you know, he most likely he did have a speech impediment. But they begged him to lay his hands on him. He took him off by himself. Now, why? Was it because of them or was it because for the sake of the man? I think it was because of the sake of the man in many cases. I think it's because of that because they wanted a show and, and, they probably wanted to parade him around. And maybe at the same time, who knows, maybe they contributed to his abuse, maybe to his condition. That could be it. It's, it's, it's difficult to get out of this why, but I think it has a lot to do for the sake of the man. So he touched his ears. He's put his fingers into the man's ears, his fingers into the man's ears and touched his tongue. Then he looked up to heaven and groaned and said to him, Ephetha, Ephetha, that is the Aramaic for opening. We have a word in Arabic, Iftah, which means open up, I guess. And immediately the man's ears were opened and his speech impediment was removed and he spoke plainly. He ordered them not to tell anyone, but the more he ordered them not to, the more they proclaimed it. They were, they were exceedingly astonished and they said he has done all things well. Um, I think it's because for the man's sake, for the man's sake and set, because they really, all they wanted was to see a performance. That's what they were interested in. They brought him to him. They brought the man to him who had a, a hearing impediment and a speech impediment because they wanted they they wanted to, they wanted to use him as a performance it wasn't because oh uh, you know some people might interpret it uh Jesus didn't want them to see his secrets no that has nothing to do with that i think it has based more on their intent that they would have probably used this poor fellow uh and to pray to him around later, but maybe in most cases, I think it's still for the sake of the man being healed. It was for his sake.
um, you know, to protect, you know, in order to preserve his faith. To preserve his faith. So also, if they ask him what Jesus did, he will tell them exactly what he did. What he did. But it was more, I think, for his faith. They, like I said, people, some people will, won't scratch the surface. They'll take the miracle and they'll run. Other people will scratch the surface, will keep scratching, like meditate, meditate on the meaning, meditate exactly what happened, meditate exactly what does it mean, who does who is Jesus. There's a, a beautiful, beautiful uh, part in, uh, in Jesus of Nazareth where Simon the Zealot was questioning, what does Jesus of Nazareth's presence on earth mean? What does he mean for someone like us, for people like us? What is, what is his mission? What is his purpose here? And this is, this is something I think some of the um, uh, people who just focus on the material don't don't do. They don't do they don't do meditating. I mean, it's funny. People will talk about Eastern meditation. They will talk about like Buddhism, Hinduism, and whatever other forms of it. But Christian meditation is not like Eastern meditation. Christian meditation is not about emptying your mind like Chesterton says. Uh, it's funny. He said that be careful how much you empty your mind. You don't know you don't know the kind of the kind of crap you're gonna put in later on that could actually do more damage to you, prevent you from having a relationship. But it's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus of Nazareth. And it's about getting closer to him. Not getting close to nature, not getting close to unity with the universe. No, it's about closer to Christ, getting closer to him and having a relationship with him. And the public, the public, I think, in a sense, you know, just because we live in the time that we do, they focus only about the material. Miracles are important, but what do they mean? Like, what did the miracle at Fatima mean, the sun? <sighs> well, maybe in most cases, like, look, the Israelites saw all the miracles in Egypt, all the, the phenomenons that happened in Egypt. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They witnessed manna coming from heaven. They had water given them by the rock, the pillar of fire. Pharaoh and his men were drowned in the sea. It didn't convert them. Not all of them. Right? They, didn't, they were indifferent. Miracles will, miracles will be good for a while, but the public eventually will, in time, will forget it and will become indifferent to it. But those who want God, who seek God, will ponder on it and they'll be amazed. They'll be amazed. Those are the people who believed, who always believe, and hopefully we all, including myself, will never lose faith. But you have to believe and you have to already know that God exists and mer and no proof, no need for a miracle would ever, you know, would ever make you be uh, believe in God Maybe it'll, it'll improve your faith because you'll ponder it. You'll ponder the meaning. 
But for some people, they'll be indifferent to it. They'll be indifferent. You know, it's like that line from uh, Bernadette, uh, the song of Bernadette, the original. For those who believe, no explanation is necessary. For those who don't believe, no explanation is possible. Okay, so it's Jesus. The miracles should draw us closer to him. The mystery of the miracles should, should, should draw us close to, closer to him. His words should draw us closer to him. Our commitment to him, to dig deeply into the meaning, should draw us closer to him. Make our relationship with him unbreakable. So let's move on to the uh, to the uh, Apostles' Creed or the Nessian Creed. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth and of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father from before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. He rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins, and I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Let's say a Hail Mary for our Holy Father, Pope Francis. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners. Now at the hour of our death, amen. Say um, a Hail Mary for those who are victims of clerical abuse. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Let's say a Hail Mary for those who are um, the priests who are falsely accused. We often forget them, sadly. We shouldn't forget them. Those who have been falsely accused, and for those who are persecuted by their bishops. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Okay, and now we'll say for um, a Hail Mary uh, for the families uh, who lost their 13th. Uh, there's, there's 13 soldiers, a fallen soldiers, and a Hail Mary, and we'll, we'll also pray for the families to be comforted. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. 
uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Okay, um, we'll also say St. Michael. St. Michael, Archangel of God, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wild, wicked attack of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And now, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the divine power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who proud the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless.